The Stinkin' Truth Podcast is presented by Core Water. He spent 12 years in the NFL. You can't trust a guy that gyrates his hips after he scores. Has three Super Bowl rings, made multiple Pro Bowl appearances, over 16 years of broadcasting between ESPN and Fox Sports. And that's why I'm the greatest football player and best sports analyst ever. He's a soap opera star. That's pretty, uh... I can't remember what I was supposed to say. <laughs> As a reoccurring role on HBO Ballers. Mark Slareth, handsome son bitch, get out here. And makes one hell of a bowl of green chili. It's Mark Slareth, and this is the Stinking Truth Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Stinking Truth Podcast, week two in the books. Mike Evans, my partner, I am Mark Slareth, along with producer Scott the Huff, brought to you by Core Water. Hydrate your huddle with Core pH balanced water, ultra purified and balanced with electrolytes to match your body's natural pH level of 7.4. That's where your pH is supposed to be where your That's where the pH is supposed to be and where your body performs at its best and that's why I am completely yoked. <laughs> Are you guys rolling up your sleeves? Well, you're right. you, I don't know if you noticed. You rolled your sleeves up to to reveal to, that monstrous python on your uh, right arm, and we just decided, hey, you guns got, out, guns out. Right. You guys should leave your sleeves down, though. <laughs> you are kind of pasty and freckly, Mike. <laughs> that is not a good look. Um, award-winning, crisp, clean taste, wide-mouth bottle is perfect for hydration. You can find Core Water at your neighborhood 7-Eleven. It's the one with the blue cap. Core pH balanced water. Learn more at hydratewithcore.com. Mike, really interesting two weeks of football. And you know, I'm a former Bronco, you know, AFC West, and I, I looked at the whole you know, Patrick Mahomes situation in Kansas City. And I was like, hey, you know, the Chiefs, uh, I like to call them September's darlings. You know, they're always going to play well in September and everybody, they're going to get everybody Twitter pated about them. You know, their panties are going to be in a bunch and come playoff time, they're just going to get their asses kicked. You know, that's what happens with Kansas City. And I thought Patrick Mahomes, yeah, he's going to make a lot of off schedule, big throws, but he's going to make a lot of mistakes. I've watched the film the last two weeks. <laughs> Telling you what, I'm like, oosh, the Chiefs look really good. And Patrick Mahomes has been money. He's been straight balls, man. So, so can I have some of your stinking good green chili to layer over yeah. the, the plate of crow? I think I got to eat because, yeah, during the offseason, I was, I was like, come on, Chief fan. You know, he had one meaningless start last year. He's going to look like a young quarterback, and they're playing a tough schedule. They start off with Chargers, Steelers on the road. There are going to be some growing pains early. Are you kidding me? Ten touchdowns through the first two weeks? But it's not even – How's he he doing it? Okay, so first off, you have to understand Andy Reid is one of the great play designers and play callers. So uh, think about it as kind of a layered concept. So – Okay, you come off with a run. Whatever that run is, let's call it an ISO or something, right? And off that ISO run, you're going to have a jet sweep motion, you know, a kind of a ghost motion that's going to hold the backside or let's a zone run, whatever it is. So you've got some type of running play that you've called and you've designed with some type of motion based off of it. And then... You run that, and then off that play, you've got the motion that you can hand it to the motion guy, the jet sweep motion guy, right? And then off of that, you have the jet sweep motion, and all of a sudden you've got a play where you're running um, 
you know, some type of zone read, shovel pass, something that comes off. So every one of these layers looks identical, but every one of them is something different. And then off of that, you've got a play pass where you can you can chuck it deep off that same motion, that same run action. Um so you've got four or five layers to one play. They all look identical, and they're all completely different. And I think it gets a defense playing on its heels. I think you it makes you, you know, you, you're so aware of all the eye candy that you're looking at eye candy, and all of a sudden they punch you in the mouth, and then you're thinking you're going to get punched in the mouth, and then they give it to the eye candy. So it makes it exceptionally hard. But here's the thing that's been most amazing, Mike. The kid has just been money. Like, he has got a hose. You know, he's nine. He was in high school. He's 94 off the bump, I think. So he has got a hose. He is absolutely fearless when it comes to throwing the ball. But the thing that's amazed me most is from the pocket, I've seen him on like a slant, see the coverage, wait to the second window, take one in the teeth, and put the ball on the money to a. You know, Tyreek Hill running the slant in the second window catches it and takes it 60 yards to the house because it was so perfectly delivered, and he's so damn fast. And it's in the seams with his tight end, Travis Kelsey, almost my son-in-law. Um, there was – ugh, ugh. just gave me the – Got to tell that story again a, someday, but a, we won't worry about it They gave me now. a piss shiver right, to think about that. Oof. Oh, I'm glad that didn't happen. Travis Schlereth. I know. He would have had to change his but name. But here's, here's the thing, though, about what, what he's doing. Okay, so are, are you telling me, and are you telling all the football fans out there, that all this is is a bunch of just great scheming that the league will catch up to? No. Or are you seeing throws that are being made and decisions that are being made by Mahomes that are sustainable? Yeah, I'm seeing that, him. They're, they're here to stay. I'm seeing him read coverage, know where he wants to go with the football based on the coverage, and then, you know, then having the wherewithal to be accurate enough to hit it between defenders. Um, and, you know, Pittsburgh is notoriously a zone team. They play a ton of zone. Man, he ate them six touchdowns. He ate them. I mean, it was it was literally, it was, um, you know, like rudimentary. Like it was, you know, you're a, you're a, 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 you know, you've got a PhD in mathematics and somebody asks you to do addition, like addition and subtraction problems, right? I mean, that's that's how easy it was. And the other thing about him that's intriguing is really quick delivery, um, very accurate with his quick delivery, but he has got the kind of arm strength where you can be a second late, you know, a half second late and still beat a defender to the point. So, like, I have been, I've been a critic. I've been like, come on, there's going to be some growing pains. Um, I'm right there with you, serving up crow, eating it. Uh, he is the the kid has been nothing short of amazing. He really has been good. All right. So if that explains what Patrick Mahomes is doing, how in the world do you explain what Ryan Fitzpatrick is doing? Um, he sold his soul. <laughs> like, yeah, made a deal with the devil. He's been, that guy has been, like, you see the first play of the game? First play of the game, gets cover three, they run, you know, they run like a, a post to D-Jack, and the, the safety comes charging up like it's going to be a dig or it's going to be underneath, underneath, I don't know what he was doing, it was Malcolm Jenkins, 
And Fitzpatrick just throws, just lofts the ball out there about 60 yards in the air, and DJ just runs underneath it. And that dude can run like, like they ain't nobody's business. He's been incredibly accurate. I think the first game, he was four out of five with balls thrown over 40 yards. <laughs> Like, I mean, it's just, it's been uncanny. I'll tell you the, I'll tell you the thing, like Ryan Fitzpatrick and everybody goes, oh, well, he's a Harvard guy, you know, so it's that, that that's so cliche, you know, he's smart. He went to Harvard, right? I went to the Harvard of the Northwest, so Idaho, which is a lot like the Harvard of the Harvard. Harvard of the Northwest, Idaho is a lot like the Harvard of the Harvard, only, um, so it's you're totally different. Ryan Fitzpatrick going to Harvard is cliche. It's a college just like everywhere else, just like Idaho is what you're trying to say. Well, do I you, you know, I don't know. I think that he's probably really smart. It doesn't make you a really smart football player. Ah, I see. Okay. Just because you went to Harvard doesn't I make see. you a smart, digestible football player. He is though. The the issue with him is that when things are off schedule, in the set, in the 30% of the time things get off schedule in an NFL offense, he has been prone in the past to make mistakes. Now, I've always said I have never seen a more accurate off-platform thrower than Aaron Rodgers. Anytime my career as a player or as an analyst, Ryan Fitzpatrick is making throws from body positions. He's like a contortionist. I mean, he's like, he's making a yoga book and still delivering the ball on time. Like, he is like awkward platforms. Like, leaning one way and running, and then all of a sudden just like sidearm flipping it back all the way, like halfway across the I mean, it's just been... It's been unreal, and I'm telling you, it is right in the hands. Like in that passing triangle, you know, when you put your your fingers and your thumb together and you make the diamond, like it is hitting guys in stride right there from these crazy-looking platforms. Like they, somebody should do a breakdown of just his awkward delivery platform because it would be an incredible – it would be a fascinating tape to watch. Now, he's gotten hot before, though, but then he eventually reverts back to – what he's been good, solid mm-hmm. journeyman type quarterback. So if you're the Bucks, can, can you count on this continuing long term, well, or is here, it still go back to Jameis Winston as no. soon as Winston's ready to come back? Here's what I can count on if I'm the Bucks: that Jameis Winston is going to be a mistake repeater. That's what I can count on. If, if I go back to Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston is going to continue to make the mistakes that Jameis Winston consistently makes. Um, you know, and, and, you know, on a side note, I mean, that's kind of his life, right? On the football field, the one thing you can't tolerate is mistake repeaters, guys that do the same thing over and over and over again. Um, but he's done that off the field as well. And, you know, I, I always hate the guy that goes, well, you know, him, him grabbing the, uh, the Vyaya of some gal in a, you know, Vyaya piece of I thought, it was like, I thought it was like VJJ. Oh, yeah, the VJJ. Vajaya. That's a technical term. Right. Hold on. Let me go to WebMD. Okay. Yes. Go to WebMD. WebMD. Is it yeah, v- it's, it's VJJ. Oh, it is VJJ. <laughs> so him grabbing the VJJ of some Uber driver is not a mistake. That's assault, right? That's, that's like, I hate that. Well, he made a mistake. You go ahead and make that mistake on on you know my daughter, and I'm gonna act, I'm gonna premeditatedly make a mistake of beating your ass. That's what I'm gonna do. So, um, 
but you know he's been a mistake repeater on the football field, and that's just not good enough. And I know that Ryan Fitzpatrick has been there too, but the way he's playing right now, there's just no way you could go back to Jameis Winston. He's got that. I mean, he comes out. You see him looking like Conor McGregor with the big beard and the glasses, and he's got the chains on. Dead freaking ringer. He looked great. So he had he had VJ uh, DJack. Uh, I don't want to call him VJ. DJack, you know, De- uh, Deshaun Jackson, he had his his clothes on. Like, DJack comes in after the game and he's like in a pair of shorts with no shirt on. He's like, dude, like, those are my clothes. Oh, yeah, I just borrowed these. I'll, I'll give them back to you. Like, my chains and my clothes, like, out of my locker. So go do a press conference, right? They're having fun. They're playing great together. They believe in this guy and he has been nothing short of amazing so far. You can't, you can't. As a football team, you can't go as a coach who's on the hot seat and Dirk Cutter, you can't go back to Jameis. I don't care how much you're paying him. You just can't go back to him. Now, you, you look at Mahomes, you look at Fitzpatrick, you know, look who they get to throw to. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, and then you look at poor Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Poor Tom Brady with who? <laughs> to throw to, right. and now they make the Josh Gordon trade, which, I, you know, everyone's like, typical Patriots move, brilliant move. I I don't know. I think it smacks of a lot of desperation. No, I they, see. I mean, their, I, rec- their wide receiver totals are among the worst in the league right now. See, but I disagree with you, desperation. There is no risk here. He's on a He's on a veteran minimum salary. They have proven in the fact, here's what I love about them. Like Cleveland continued in hopes to get him back to enable him, to to continue, you know, to nurture him and good for them. I mean, you want a guy at the end of the day, you want a guy to get his life right. So they did that. But New England has got no vested interest in, in other than he can play, right? They've got no, they've got no history, no vested history in him. And their and their history would tell you, play well or go, get good or get gone. That's our that's our history. So we're going to give you an opportunity, and we've seen it work both ways. We hey, we're going to give you an opportunity, and if you play great, that's super. If you don't, we'll get rid of you. You know, we've seen it with guys like Legarrette Blunt played great. You got a chance. You can play for a while. We've seen it with guys like Clock Killing Corey Dillon. Right? Randy Moss. We've seen the other side of that. Didn't they sign Albert Hainsworth? You know, and, and, and they ended up dumping him. And Yeah, but just because they're willing to dump a guy if he doesn't tow the Patriot way doesn't help their issue. I mean, if yeah, they could come in and they could tell Corey uh, the, the, the Josh Gordon, my way or the highway, our way or the highway. Well, great. If it turns out that he doesn't do what he's supposed to do or he doesn't click with Tom Brady, they're still trying to address. Right. Their wide receiver Just issue, and, and remember, we've seen a lot of veteran receivers that have come through there with with big names and big resumes, from uh, Ocho Cinco to Reggie Wayne mm-hmm. to um, you know, just in the last offseason, Jordan Matthews, Kenny Britt, Eric Decker. None of them could click with Tom Brady. Right. No, there's, there's. I mean, certainly some of that is you know with Decker. That was the handsome thing. I told you. I already gave you my theory. The handsome on that. thing. Yeah, if you come in and you even come close to challenging Brady on just on pure handsomeness, you're gone. 
That's why Garoppolo's no longer That's here. That's why Garoppolo's in San Francisco. <laughs> That's why he had Decker cut. He <laughs> had so Decker cut. Okay. Joe, yeah, I mean, Gordon's going to have to come in maybe four or five days of scruff. Don't brush your teeth, you know. Come in smelling a little bit. Maybe a ratty-looking hat. You don't want to come in looking good right off the bat because that's going to be a you're all of a sudden the alert's going to be up. You know your antenna if your Brady's going. Whoa, 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 whoa! What is this handsome guy? <laughs> you're gone. But think about this now. They're also going to get their best. To me, one of their best football players and the guy who's kind of the actuator of that offense when it just comes to attitude. They're getting back after week four, Julian Edelman, and that is certainly going to take pressure off the guys outside. And even if Josh Gordon just comes down there and says, hey, you're going to run the uh, Randy Moss route tree, you're going to run a nine and a dig. <laughs> you know, Those are the two things you get to run. So we'll see. We'll. See. I just think there's, there's high re- potential of reward, very low risk. And that just seems to be something the Patriots are willing to do. By the way, Jacksonville, you and I, when on this podcast, on this conversation last week, you and I were complete I odds. I know. On the whole Jacksonville pick. I know. Are you willing to admit now that Jacksonville. That you were right and I was wrong? Well, that. I was wrong. You were right. Thank You're you. smarter than Thank me. You. I'm dumb. Thank you. Yeah. But, but isn't it. Don't you look at Jacksonville differently now? I do. How, yeah. how the, they are the team to be in the AFC right now. And I'm not just saying based on what All happened right. on. I'm based on what happened last year in the AFC Championship game, where they had the Patriots on the ropes. You know that they learned from that experience, and they're better for it. They're the team to beat in the AFC. They are so. They're such a physically tough football team. You know, they're they're a talented football team. I'll call, I called the Rams in Arizona last weekend, and. A lot of people in the offseason, how can they, myself included, how are they going to put all this incredible talent together? You know, how are they going to put these personalities together? Akib Tlaib and Marcus Peters and and Dominican Sue and Aaron Donald and Brandon Cooks on the offensive side of the ball. And how are all these guys they're paying going to mesh and this, that, and the other. And they are exceptionally talented. People look at talent, Mike, and they think, oh, speed and athleticism, and they have all that. But let me tell you about Jacksonville, and let me tell you about the Rams. They have all that talent. They have all that speed. Yes, they have it in spades. You know what they do? They out-hit people. The Rams just absolutely opened a can of whoop-ass on both sides of the ball against Arizona. They completely out physical that football team. And it's exactly what I saw when I watched the film yesterday of of the Patriots. That not only offensively did the Jacksonville Jaguars impose their will, defensively, that defensive front seven, I'm telling you what, the speed of that linebacking core, you know, Tom Brady trying to dump it off underneath, and you got um you've got the linebackers Jack and Smith just Flying around, hitting people in the lips, you know. I mean, it just is like catch, wham. You know, where you think you're going to get four or five yards, it's a two-yard gain, it's second and eight, and now what? And that's, to me, that was like glaring. Now, their quarterback made plays. Um, Their receivers, Cole, was freaking phenomenal. You see the one-hand catch he made on the sideline? I mean, 
he was phenomenal. They, they got you know Austin Safari and Jenkins in the in the red zone, big target. Um, they didn't even have Leonard Fournette, and Yeldon with his long giraffe looking neck and body was was making big plays. He's kind of a long, like. DeMarco Murray kind of awkwardly tall looking guy when he runs, but he ran hard. He ran well. I mean, they physically dominated that football game. So again, I was Mike, you were right. I was wrong. I am dumb. You are smart. Now we may be able to debate whether or not the road to the AFC goes through Jacksonville or not, or Mm -hmm. if it still goes to new England. One place I think we could both agree. It doesn't go through is Pittsburgh. More drama, more Antonio Brown. Oh, my goodness. On the sidelines saying, if you want to win the freaking game, throw me the freaking ball. Right. And then you got some former Steeler PR flack, flacky, flaky, you know, takes a takes a, a shot at flaky. What was I trying to say? Uh, flunky, flunky. Flunky. Maybe a flunky. Flunky. Anyway. You're a flunky? Okay. He takes a I'll shot. take that one. He takes a shot at Antonio Brown saying mm-hmm. that, hey, you know, Big Ben made you. And Antonio responds by saying, hey, trade me and find out. And, Mark, it, it's just – it's something we talked about. It seems like we talk about every single week here on this on this, on this this yeah. conversation that we have is just the unnecessary and unwanted drama that seems to surround the Steelers. Yeah. They and are, you just wonder is it all is it all piling up to the point where it's become too much and and that's why they're off to the kind of start that they're off to. They are the days of our lives, you know. I mean, they are the soap opera of this of this league. When you take away your focus from your weekly pep preparation, go back to week one, where the talk should have been going to Cleveland. Cleveland coming off hard knocks. Cleveland is a a more talented team. They've got better football players than they've had at any point in time. No, what were you talking about in your media sessions in the locker room? Le'Veon Bell and how he wasn't there anymore, right? And you think that carries over? Well, whether it does or it doesn't, doesn't matter. The perception is you were focused on that and not on the game. And you end up coming away with that in a tie. And now you got the, you know, the Antonio Brown stuff. And there just seems to be just this soap opera. I I, I like literally as I was watching that film yesterday, Mike, I laughed. As early in that game, the offensive line missed a couple blitz pickups. They they missed on a couple of blocks in the running game. Guys are getting tattooed in the backfield. And I go, oh, maybe you guys should, I don't know, quit worrying about what Le'Veon Bell is doing and maybe focus on blocking somebody's ass, you know, like a bunch of turds. I'm just, I, I disown them as offensive linemen. I don't, not happy at all. But again, like the fact that Mike Tomlin didn't come out week one and said, "Hey, dudes," in a team meeting, we've got open locker room here. First time on on you know first time this season Wednesday, it's our open locker room. We will not discuss anybody who is not a part of this team as it's currently constructed that lives in that locker room. Do I make myself understood? We are one hundred percent focused on Cleveland. You know, we're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cleveland Browns. The fact that you don't have that conversation. And, you know, he came out and talked about um, Twitter and talked about his players, like, going after, you know, Le'Veon Bell or whatever they were doing. It was some some Twitter. And he's like, well, I don't even – I don't worry. Oh, no, no, no. It was Antonio Brown who earlier in the week threatened to punch one of the beat writers for the Steelers, right? Punch him in the mouth. 
You remember that? This was on Twitter. He threatened him on Twitter. And instead of saying, instead of addressing it in his in his press conference and saying, you know, we don't, we don't, that's not going to be allowed here. And instead of doing something about it, Mike Tomlin said, well, I don't, you know, it's Twitter. There's, it's not real. You know, there's a lot of, you know, hyperbole that goes on. I'm not going to, I don't address the Twitter. I don't worry about that. Well, you better worry about it because guess what? It's a distraction to your football team. And, I mean, they have way too much talent. They're 0-1-1. They have way too much talent. And you know what? I don't have any doubt that they'll get it together and they'll win a lot of games. And you know what? But you know where they won't win? They won't win in the playoffs against New England. They won't win in the playoffs against a disciplined team. They'll get their ass kicked like they have for the last six years in a row. Hey, there, there's no easy way to transition to this, so I'm just going to ask you. Have you ever seen anything like what happened with Vontae Davis? I, this no. just, this just All I hear as a fan, okay, all I've heard is that, you know, what do you, what do you miss most about playing there, ex-athlete? Oh, man, I miss, I miss the relationships. Right, I miss, I miss the, the locker camaraderie. room. Right, I miss the locker I room. I miss the idea of, you know, my guy next to me, and I'm battling for him, and he's battling for me. So if all that stuff mm-hmm. is true right how in the hell do you decide that your legacy after 10 years in the nfl is to just quit not retire right quit at halftime how do you come in the locker room instead of taking your pads off and they're like what, what are you doing are you just changing you too sweaty no i'm gonna take a shower pill i don't want to play here anymore i'm just gonna go like it's like a scene right out of office space are you going to tell him you're going to, right? Are you going to tell him? Are you going to tell him you're not going to show up? No, I just don't want to go anymore. Yeah, what? You're going to quit? No, I'm not going to quit. I'm just not going to show up. <laughs> right? I mean, did the did the dude, did the uh, psychologist from Office Space hypnotize Vontae Davis? I mean, you remember the scene? You're getting, you're getting, there. you're, you're, Falling deeper. You're falling deeper. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's pumping his, his left arm because he's having a heart attack, and then he just keels over dead. I I have no idea how like how you do that. I, I, and then I start thinking, I mean, my lord, like that's your that's your legacy. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna be remembered. Yeah. Right? Sometimes not for, te- not for ten years in the no, league and no, sometimes maybe infinite infamy is better than and then being famous, but you're going down with that being your legacy. Walked out at halftime of his team. That's, I mean, it's crazy. I started thinking, what kind of endorsements could he do? Like, do something for the American Heart Association? Listen, if you don't have enough heart to finish, you know, or, or yeah, well, I mean, the, that quit line, you know, the, the smoker's quit line, like, hey, be like me and quit. <laughs> I mean, like, are companies going to reach out to her? Right. Like retirement planning company, AT or eight eight. What is that? Eight Ameritrade, whatever it is. Ameritrade, Ameritrade retirement planning. Listen, hi, I'm Vontae Davis. Hi, I'm Vontae, and Davis. I know retirement. I know retirement. <laughs> Sometimes it hits you like a ton of bricks. <laughs> are you prepared? <laughs> are you prepared? I am. I stole for ten years, <laughs> then I walked away. Like, and that, and he didn't. But that's the thing. He, didn't the steal. Guy, he was, he was a, good, a good pro. He was a good player. He was starting that day. 
I know. Gosh. How about it? Speaking of speaking of just of endorsement deals, and I know we already talked about Josh Gordon, but how do you pull your hamstring at a photo shoot? Like what do you what what's the endorsement opportunity you got that on Friday you went to do a afternoon photo shoot and on Saturday your hamstring was so sore that you couldn't play on Sunday? What are you endorsing? Treadmills? Treadmills. Right? Stretchy bands or something? <laughs> Hot yoga? I mean, I don't know what it is. Hey, he was just looking to get out. And he, and he got it. He do, you got think it. He, do you think he planned it like, I don't want to be here anymore, and I'm going to say my hamstrings tweak just so they can... Like, that they've it, had enough? That'll be the... I know that they're so close. This will be the straw that breaks the camel's back. It's got to be, right? It's, especially when he turns around and says, I'm ready to go Sunday for the Patriots. Right. I mean, I they mean, said he's... He's going to be out there nationally, you know, nationally televised, Sunday night football. Hauling in passes from right. Tom Brady. Who was the who was the linebacker that the Patriots was it Jamie Collins that he was he went to bed at seven and zero and woke up at zero and seven got traded to Cleveland my guy got traded to Cleveland and I haven't heard another thing about him since no and he was a great player for them this is gonna be, he's the anti he's the anti Jamie Collins he woke up at zero one and one and said yeah my hammy's tight and then they said okay now you're a Patriot I mean hey. Talent wins out in this league. There's another example. Well, that guy they enabled, they enabled, they enabled. He took advantage of it, and they finally said, "Enough. We're going to make a statement. Right. We're going to deactivate you. We're going to trade you, and you go to New England." <laughs> and now he's going to go to where the the principal has strong leadership, and they'll he'll probably just thrive. He'll probably be you know, watch. He'll be the next Randy Moss. He uh, would it surprise you? No, I mean I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet on it, but would it surprise you? It wouldn't surprise me at all because that dude is a talented yeah. son of a gun. Especially if all they say is, "Hey, look, just go deep. Just we'll go get deep. all these other guys mm-hmm. causing havoc underneath. Go deep. Tom will find you. Tommy, Tommy will find. I wish Tommy would find me. Oh Jesus, Tommy. On that note, Tommy. There's no way I could work there. Too handsome. He'd have me fired. Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, hey, for everybody involved with the Stinking Truth Podcast, we appreciate you listening. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Core Water, for Mike, for myself, for Scott DeHuff. Um, we'll tune in with you later in the week. Thanks, Scott. Thank- thanks, guys. <laughs> I'm well, leaving that. All right, Leave go that ahead. In there. I'm, not bra- I'm not proud. I'm not proud. I would die, though. I graduated. Thank you, cum laude. <laughs>